You're listening to the After the Stork podcast, Infant and Toddler Sleep with Megan Robert. This episode is one of my favorite types of episodes. It's a part of the Stork Story series. Stork Stories are interviews that I have with past clients so that you can get the perspective of a parent prior to, during, and after either sleep shaping or sleep training. I noticed that he had a really hard time playing. So I would try the different activities and tummy time and doing all those things that you try to do to, um, you know, get them to that next developmental point. And he was just not interested or he would play for a very short amount of time and be really, really happy right when he woke up from his nap. But like 10 minutes later, he was he just fell apart and he was constantly needing to be held or like bounced around or I would take him outside a lot um, just to try to get him to a point where he was content to just like play or interact. I was like, he's doing tummy time and he's not screaming. Like he's so content and happy right now. Like come play with him. I remember he came in the door from work and like got down on the floor with us, like in his work clothes. And we were just like playing with him and enjoying like all this like time that we had with him that we just didn't even know that we were missing. I also think that the biggest takeaway, honestly, for me, as far as like sleep training and what came out of it was once he had the hang of it, if his sleep got interrupted, I knew that it was for a reason. Having a consistent, healthy sleeper helps in terms of figuring out those things a lot faster. And then you can intervene as needed for those things much faster than if they don't have great sleep anyway. I don't think I would have been able to pick up on those things as quickly. Welcome to the After the Stork podcast, Infant and Toddler Sleep with Megan Robert. That's me, creator and host. If you have an infant or toddler and sleep is a priority for your family, if you want to create healthy sleep habits and a strong and safe sleep foundation for your little one, if you desire a predictable schedule that permits time for things like self-care, date nights, and planned outings, If you need your bed back or want your child sleeping in their own sleep space and desire to follow safe sleep guidelines. If you crave an overall well-rested and thriving family, well, you've come to the right place. As an infant and toddler sleep consultant, I built this podcast to bring you all things infant and toddler sleep and sleep training so that you can have the confidence in making informed decisions that are best for your family when it comes to your child's sleep. Your child is worth it. Your family is worth it. And moms, dads, you are worth it. Now let's dive in. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Especially with you being my first person. Yeah, I'm excited to just like, I don't know. I'm always excited to talk to other moms about it. Like I'm on um, a bunch of different like toddler activity Facebook pages and stuff. And a mom was like, help me like, my toddler is doing this and this and this um, at bedtime. And I was like, you should go to Megan's website. <laughs> uh, you should just listen to her podcast and stuff. It's helpful that you have all this stuff out now because before that I was still like, Megan is the best, but I didn't have enough resources to be able to like really share out. And now we do. So it's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always appreciate your support. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I love talking about it. Like, <laughs> Well, then it, this is perfect for you. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we will start with, um, you know, who are you and how old was your child when we first started? Like, what was the history leading up to you reaching out to me? 
Yeah, so my name is Alyssa, and I have one um, child. His name is Nolan. He's uh, just over two now, um, but when I first started working with you, he was four months old, five months old. He was right in that area where I had been hearing so much leading up to that about like, get ready for this four month sleep regression that's going to be happening. And I was like dreading it with everything in my being when he was younger. And I was like, maybe that won't happen to him. I'm not really sure what this regression is all about or if it's even a thing. Um, but let me just like brace myself for when he turns four months old. And basically on that mark, he started having really short naps, um, about 30 to 45 minutes each nap. Um, and I would try to do things because I was at home by myself with him. I decided to be a stay-at-home mom at that point and I couldn't shower. <laughs> I couldn't really eat like a full meal because, you know, when they're napping, that's when you get everything done. Um, that's when you're able to sort of like breathe for a minute. And he was, you know, really not doing well in between naps. Um, I wasn't sure how long to let him try to fall back asleep. I just wasn't sure what the right thing to do was. And so my instinct was just, he's crying, go get him. Um, and before that, when he was younger, he was getting rocked to sleep. So we would rock him to sleep every night. Um, pretty much anytime he would fuss, we would go in and grab him or I would feed him um, and nurse him and put him back to sleep. So that's kind of where we were at before he got to that four month mark um, is just constantly wearing him to and like the baby wraps and he did a lot of sleeping like while moving. So like in the car or while I was wearing him or like in um, different things like that when we were out trying to like rock him to sleep in the stroller, that kind of stuff. So and then by the time we hit four months, yeah, it was just no napping. He still slept okay at night, okay. He was sleeping for about six to seven hours, but um, that was about it, <laughs> so. So would you say before that four month sleep regression, he, what you guys were doing, like it was working, his naps were fine and everything, but then all of a sudden that's when it stopped yeah. working. I mean, he would take hour, like a couple of hours at a time to sleep during the day. Sometimes he would sleep for like four hour chunks. He was just sort of, and I thought I had a schedule because I would let him sleep as long as he wanted to sleep. And then when he got up, we would like eat, play, and then I would sort of hang out with him, see when he wanted to sleep again. If he felt, if I felt like he was sleepy, I'd put him down again. Or if he, you know, just was looking a little bit drowsy. Um, I think the one thing I never really understood was I read a lot about like, put them down when they're drowsy, but not asleep. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> Should their eyes be closed? Should their eyes still be open? What does it mean when they're drowsy? So I definitely had some trouble trying to figure that part out too. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, rocking him to sleep, he would go to sleep and just like stay out. But as he started to get more aware of the fact that like we weren't with him anymore when he'd wake up, I think it just was really jarring for him. Like sort of like if you fell asleep like on the couch and you woke up in your bed and you're like, where am I? <laughs> like what is happening? I think that's kind of what he was going through. Yeah. And how, how was it affecting him? Um, you know, at that four month mark when you felt like sleep started kind of going downhill? I noticed that he had a really hard time playing. So I would try the different activities and tummy time and doing all those things that you try to do to, um, you know, get them to that next developmental point. And he was just not interested or he would play for a very short amount of time and be really, really happy right when he woke up from his nap. But like 10 minutes later, he was he just fell apart and he was constantly needing to be held or like bounced around or I would take him outside a lot um, just to try to get him to a point where he was content to just like play or interact. 
And it wasn't that he was like screaming the whole time, but he was definitely just like, I don't, I'm not interested in this. So if he really, if he wasn't nursing or like outside, he was really unhappy. Um, and that was hard because I wanted to make sure I was doing all of those things like tummy time that are so important, but I felt like couldn't really do it <laughs> because he was so, and he didn't like tummy time anyway, but definitely being tired made it so much worse. And um, I think that it was just really hard for me being alone to feel like I knew what to do for him because at that point they're so little. It's sort of like you can't talk to them and ask them what the problem is. So just trying to troubleshoot, okay, he's not hungry. He's not, you know, in any kind of pain. He has a clean diaper on. Like what could be the issue? Does he have any teeth coming in? He didn't get teeth for the first 10 months of his life. So I knew it wasn't teeth. So I was like, what is, what is going on? And I told, I started to Google everything that I could think of about sleep because I sort of had narrowed it down to, okay, well, maybe it's sleep related because he's just not napping as long as he used to and started quickly reading that like 30 to 45 minute naps isn't a good thing but I wasn't sure how to fix it like it was definitely like okay I figured out this is a problem but I'm not really sure how to fix it how did that you know going through all that affect you and like your relationships and you know other than just Nolan uh we really as far as like my husband and I we didn't really have a predictable schedule with him. So we didn't have the ability to like, we were still with him at night trying to eat dinner, like rocking him. Cause we didn't know like when he was going to be asleep or when he wasn't. And so it was like, we didn't probably have the appropriate bedtime for him. So he was still awake with us probably until nine, eight thirty or nine o'clock at night. And we were just trying to like bounce him and like you hold him while I eat my pizza and I'll hold him while you eat your pizza. And there wasn't really any like time that we had just to like talk or catch up or talk about how things were going. And that's pretty stressful when you're new parents because you're used to having just time with the two of you and to have that completely go away for like that extended period of time. Cause when they're newborn, I feel like we've kind of expected it. And we were like, let's just do this. But by the time they're four months old, you're sort of like, I feel like maybe we should have a schedule or something at this point that works a little bit better. Like there's gotta be a better way to do this. Um, so that wasn't great. And my husband was definitely like, I miss talking to you and I want quality time. And also just for me, just having a moment to have like a full complete like thought or like spend some time thinking about something that made me happy. That was really hard to carve time out for just because he was so unpredictable. And so it was like 45 minutes, that's enough time to maybe eat your lunch. Um, maybe like throw some towels in the washer and like fold them. Like it was like, all my free time was spent doing the things that had to get done and nothing that was things that we wanted to get done or do as a family. And we felt like going out of the house was really difficult. So when we had family come to visit and stuff, like it was always really stressful for me because I wanted them to be able to see like the best version of him so that they could spend quality time with him. But he was just so unhappy that that was really hard. And then you get all of the advice from everyone. And it's like sometimes conflicting advice and you're not really sure what advice to follow and how consistent you should be. Like if you try something out, it doesn't work. Is that because it's the wrong advice or is that because you could just needs more time? Is that the right approach? Is it not? And so I think like the relationship with in-laws and stuff became a little bit um, tricky just because again, they want to spend all this time with the baby, but you're like, I'm not sure if he's tired. He doesn't seem really happy. I'm so sorry. It's not you. You're not wise crying. Like he's just 
sleepy and we're trying to figure all of that out. So that was hard too. And just like feeling anxious around having people over and trying to just live a normal life. Yeah. Yeah. There's that extra pressure of being a new parent, but then also trying to satisfy everyone else that's around you. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That was like, you know, what it was like prior to going through sleep training. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we, we hop into like when you reached out and went through the process? Uh, yeah. So I think before I reached out to you, it sort of felt like, I don't know why, but it sort of felt like, okay, if I hire like a sleep consultant, that felt like to me, like the last step in like trying to fix his sleep, at least like in the conversations I'd had with my husband, we were like, well, we can do this. We have master's degrees. Like we can figure this out. <laughs> we can, it's just sleep. How hard can it be? <laughs> so we're like, right. Okay. What are the things that we can do on our own to try to fix this? And so we ended up getting, um, the happy sleep, um, like happy baby, happy sleep book. Uh, I forget the one the by, is. uh, Mark Weisbluth, the yes. Yes. healthy sleep habits, happy child. Yes, that one. So we re- we got that book and when you have a four month old, trying to get through that book can be challenging. <laughs> yes, that's a all. very like in-depth book. It's, it's not easy dense. to read even when you're not tired. <laughs> right. It's it's dense. So I remember us just trying to get to the parts of the book that we thought would be helpful, but like that only led us to be more confused. And so we we're like, right, okay, we've got to just read it. But then when we did, I sort of felt like, okay, but how do I break this down into like very practical chunks and what does that mean for him and it how do I get him to actually put himself back to sleep because that definitely seemed to be the issue and also when do I feed him when do I do all of these different things and so how do I troubleshoot if it's not going well and to try to like troubleshoot with that giant book (laughs) was just a lot and um, it was super helpful and I'm really glad I read it just because it gave me more information on just like how sleep works, but it was difficult when you're trying to juggle all the things as a new parent to break it down into something that you can actually like use on a day-to-day basis. That makes sense for you. We did try, we did try to come up with a schedule and all of those things. Um, And then on top of that, once we sort of got over a little bit overwhelmed with that of like, it's, we're not really sure if we're giving him the right method in terms of trying to fall asleep. Like how long is too long to let him cry? And if we're uncomfortable with that, what other options do we have? And just, I think that was the kind of tricky piece. So then we found an app online (laughs) that allowed us to get um, like a sleep consultant's support, but it was a staff of of sleep consultants. So you never really got the same person twice when you were asking questions. So they gave you basically all of this information that's basically what that book was, but broken down into schedules and feeding schedules and all things that we thought that we needed um, and packets and packets of information on how to troubleshoot. But what I found in using that was because I didn't get to talk to the same person every time and because I was trying to troubleshoot again, mostly on my own, even though they offered support. I remember one of the methods that I chose at first because I really didn't like to hear him cry was they um, had this this method where you could sit in the dark room with them while they were trying to fall asleep as like comfort. And if you thought they needed it, you could put like your hand on their stomach or their back or whatever. Um, So I tried that and I just remember it was really terrible for my mental health to just sit in a dark room waiting for him to fall asleep. Like I'm hungry. I was like, I need to eat something. Like how long 
do I need to sit in here? Cause it would be, you know, give them an hour to fall back asleep, give them this much time. And I would just be sitting in there for like two hours <laughs> because at first I would try to get him to sleep. And that took forever because he was overtired and then trying to comfort him back to sleep. But then also it wasn't working for him. If it was working for him, I would have been hungry and just tried to stick it out as best I could, but it wasn't working for him either. If anything, I started to feel like my presence in the room was only disturbing him more, but I didn't know how to help him basically fall asleep without me being in there to the point where I felt like it was still okay and safe for both of us. Um, so I just wasn't sure really what to do at that point. And I remember sitting in that dark room, trying to flip through the app, like as I'm sitting there, like, but not let the light from my phone <laughs> disturb him. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do if he hasn't fall asleep by this time? Do I get him up? Do I leave him? What do I do? And so trying to navigate that app, like with the phone screen, it was, it was a lot to try to manage. And I remember texting my husband at work and just being like, this is no longer working. We're hiring a sleep consultant. <laughs> like, I can't do this anymore. So he was like, okay, that's fine. Like if you really, like we tried all the things we could think of and it still isn't working. So if you need that, go for it. So I was really lucky to have his like complete support of just, okay, we tried everything that we could and we gave it our best shot. So go for it. So I think I interviewed probably eight other sleep consultants before I hired you. <laughs> um, and by far, I was just um, impressed with how um, just sort of like relaxed you were about it, but still very knowledgeable. Um, and also paying attention to what I was saying without making me feel like I was doing it wrong or that I was embarrassed. I should be embarrassed about not being able to get him to go to sleep. Um, and it, yeah, I just appreciated that sort of relaxed but informed um, approach that you took. And I felt like we would be partners in it. So I was excited about that. And I just remember getting really excited after I got off the phone with you and I was like, I found her We're going with this one. <laughs> and I remember just saying like, okay, what, how soon can we do this? Um, so that was really great. And it was pretty much instant of saying like some of the other sleep consultants were like, yeah, I, I won't be able to take you on for, you know, at least two more months. But after that, I've got an opening and I was like, no, I need help right now. <laughs> So oh, wow. I was sort of like, um, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> so, yeah. so I landed on you and was so excited um, when I found you. So, and um, I think you have a certain certification that we were looking at only sleep consultants that had that. I'll, I'll have to, maybe we can insert it later, but there was one specific certification that we had researched that we wanted someone that had Family that. Sleep Institute? I think so. Yeah. So we, we started doing our interviews based on who had that um certification. Well, I'm really glad that it worked out for us to work together because it, yeah. it's, a, it's been pleasant working with you over the past couple of years, you know, just like the initial time and now you're part of the Stork Village membership. So it's always yeah. pleasure talking with you and working with you because you're, you know, you're, you're someone who's like, okay, what do I need to do? <laughs> just tell me what to do and I will do it. I'm like, that, do that's, it. <laughs> yes. Someone who trusts my knowledge, who who's willing to work with me, that's that's what I like. Cause it's like we are both working towards a similar goal. I'm trying to help you with your child. So Yeah. And I tried it on my own. It didn't work very well. So <laughs> So knowing, you know, like you went through all that stuff and then you reached out, do you wish that you had reached out to a sleep consultant earlier? Or are you yes. kind of glad that you went through that process to learn a little bit? I think I probably as a new parent had to learn the hard way of like what I actually needed. Um, I think that if I could go back in time and talk to myself back then, I would say just skip all of the other stuff and just hire a sleep consultant. I think that um, 
when we have our next child, I'm gonna like probably bring you on board even earlier, like at the newborn stage, just because I think that it's important for me at least to know what to expect with newborn sleep. I know that that was something that leading up to that four month mark, there's sort of this weird fine line between like they're newborn sleeping all the time to, and you're like waking them up to feed them to the point where they're not quite having any sort of sleep leaps or regressions yet, but they're definitely more aware. So around like two to three months old was really tricky because it was sort of like, do I keep rocking them to sleep? Do we keep using a pacifier? Do we, what kind of sleep gear should he be in? Like what is going on with this sort of like age group? So I think just learning that progression will help once I get to the more difficult sleep jumps. And I think that that's going to reduce my stress significantly. Yeah. I think it's, I find it really helpful when I work with clients who have newborns that part of working with clients when they're in that stage is to guide with sleep, but also it's to help set those realistic expectations, you know, to get rid of that, that guilt or shame or like feeling a failure if it's not going the way that you think it should, when it's like, okay, well, what, what's really, what can I really expect during this time? What is normal? So yeah, yeah that'd be great. exactly. Okay. So we were just talking about how, um, you know, like you decided to reach out and like what your thought process is on hiring a sleep consultant, you know, you would have done it earlier before you reached out and before you, you started doing any sleep training, what was your perspective on sleep training? Like what were, what was your, what were your thoughts on that? Um, I remember we were sort of at the point of like, is our only option to let him cry? Is that the only way that we can do this? Cause like I said, we had tried, I had tried a gentler method and he just seemed to really hate it. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if that was because I wasn't doing it at the right time or I wasn't really sure if that was the reason why. Um, and I also remember when I was interviewing sleep consultants saying, I really don't like when he cries. <laughs> And it really is hard for me to listen to him cry, as I think it would be for any mom. I think that like your brain is just wired to when they cry, react. Um, And so it was hard for me to let him cry. And we thought about, okay, should we just give him a few minutes to try to fall back asleep? Like we were definitely okay with like, let's give him a few minutes, even though he's crying, let's give him a few minutes and see if he can fall back asleep. But I think the longest I could go was maybe like, five or 10 minutes. And I'd be like, that's it. I'm getting him. (laughs) Just go in and grab him and get him up and hold him and bounce him and do all the things to try to like, just help him get to sleep um, with me holding him. Like I would even just like hold him in the rocking chair and just let him take his nap on me. Um, Luckily we didn't have that problem at night because I think I probably would have had a harder time with that because I really did not want to have him in the bed with us just because I was like I don't know where I'm going to roll while I'm sleeping and where he's going to be and I don't want to have to worry about that so but I do remember he if I would hold him he would sleep so I would go in and just after five to ten minutes of crying just grab him and hold him and let him sleep like that Um, but after sort of talking with you a little bit about like how that gentler method was going like I remember doing our initial sort of call and just talking about, okay, what method are we going to use? Like, what do you think would work best for you and for your son? And just kind of sharing with you how the things that I had been doing as far as like being in the room with him, um, trying to comfort him. And um, I remember you asking how that was going and I reflected on it and kind of said, 
he doesn't like it very much. <laughs> it sort of makes him cry even more. And you introduced me to like the, um, I forget what the exact method is called, but sort of when you go and check on them every five minutes, if they haven't stopped crying within those five minutes, which is as much as I could tolerate without checking on him <laughs> anyway. Um, and I was like, that sounds perfect. Like, I just want to check him and make sure he's okay. If I'm going to let him try to basically figure out how to go back to sleep. Um, I think if the gentler methods would have worked or if he had shown that like that was something that actually did comfort him, um, I probably would have gone that route, but he just really didn't respond well to that. And so I kind of just wanted to take the lead from him and figure out what worked best for him. And honestly, he did much better, much faster when I just wasn't in the room. Um, and it didn't involve him just crying and crying and crying like I thought it would. Like I still got to interact with him, but it just wasn't in a way that disturbed him so much that he couldn't then fall back asleep. Yeah. I think one thing I noticed about you with parenting is you're very good at being in tuned with, with Nolan and like picking up on like, okay, I think I need to take a step back. Whereas I know that can be difficult sometimes for parents because when you're thinking about, you know, sleep training, you're like, I don't want, I don't want to cause any damage or I don't want to cause separation anxiety. But sometimes the children really just need that space. You know, like sometimes we have to give them space and that's what they need. And I think that that's always been something I've noticed about you that you've always been really great at is being in tune with like, okay, maybe I want to be in the room, but it's not working for him, you know? Yeah. 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 Like I want to pick you up and hold you so you feel better, but you're not going to learn to sleep that way. You've made it very clear. He's still sort of like that even now. He's like, okay, mom, but like, let me try it by myself. Mr. Independent. Um, yeah. He's like, I need my space. Thanks. Um, and he just, I guess it's like a personality thing. Like each kid really is so different. I'm sure our next child will be totally different and maybe they will need, you know, more comforting or me to be in the room, but he really just did not need that. So yeah, I think it's just, try it, it, it is hard to Kind of because sometimes it's like that saying of like sometimes when you hug your child you need the hug more than they do it's like sometimes you need to comfort them more than they actually need you to comfort them and it's really hard as a parent to figure out when those times are um so i would say like yeah if if anybody's in doubt like i i was glad i started with the gentler method to figure out if it worked and then when it didn't it kind of reassured me to know like i'm doing the right thing because i didn't jump to that but it was like him kind of guiding me to like this is what I need mm -hmm. so that made it easier yeah um and also with sleep training did you have any concerns regarding like were there any typical concerns you know that parents might have before you started the process um I didn't know anyone else who had done sleep training um and so I remember being hesitant to share it because as I was researching, I read so many different opinions on all of these different mom groups about like, it's the worst thing you can do and it will cause so much damage to your child. And then other moms being like, I did it and it worked great. Or, you know, there was just so many opinions out there. Um, and I remember kind of feeling like, am I, should I tell other people that <laughs> this is the route that we took? And I'm not really sure like how willing I am to like tell everyone about it um, initially that this is what we're doing. And that was sort of, even when we were just like reading the books and trying out the app and that kind of stuff, like it was still a form of sleep training. Um, and so I wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't say embarrassed, but I was sort of like, I don't know. I didn't want to get other moms who have, you know, 
no qualms with sharing their opinions <laughs> and um, those kinds of things. Like I just didn't want that on board when I was already sort of feeling stressed about it. Um, so I was sort of kind of aware that there was a stigma around it. I didn't necessarily feel that personally. I, after watching him try to put himself back to sleep and seeing what was happening with his sleep and how it was affecting him and how it was affecting us and all of those things um, and just reading up on it and reading those books and understanding how sleep works. I think I was in a good position by the time I reached out to you to be like, just tell me what to do, like we talked about. Um, but I think leading up to that, I was aware that there was all this concern around it. And I think I was a little bit confused just where it was all coming from. <laughs> um, and I knew that I didn't like to hear him cry either, but I wasn't convinced necessarily that it would harm him. I was sort of in the boat of like, if it helps him figure out how to go to sleep, like maybe sometimes crying is just their way of saying like, I'm really tired or I'm trying to figure this out. Like they can't talk. So I sort of thought about it as like crying isn't necessarily like that they're in extreme distress all of the time and they have different cries for different things. So I was sort of aware of like, if his cry gets to a certain point, like I'm gonna know that something's really wrong and that I need to go and get him. And even while we were sleep training, um, I remember like when I would hear a certain cry or if something I thought was really wrong, like I would still go in and get him or I would still check to make sure his foot wasn't through the crib or something wasn't amiss because that's not a normal cry. So I think for me, it was just, again, yeah, just being aware of like him helped me get through, okay, yes, there's all these negative opinions about it, but I'm going to try to just like use what I know and just do that. And I think as I started getting more and more knowledge, I started getting braver and started telling my family what I was planning on doing. And some of the other mom friends that I had and trying to share that with them. Um, and as I started going through it, just like anyone who would come to our house, I would make sure that I explained to them, like if they were gonna be staying with us, like this is what we're doing. Um, so if you hear him cry a lot, <laughs> it's not that we're just, you know, we don't care that he's crying. It's just part of the process that we're working on. And that was still really hard to do. Um, when you have other people also sitting there listening to your child cry, that can be really hard because again, you don't, you want to explain it to them. Um, and you don't want to look like you're just like, I don't care if my kid's crying. It's fine. Like <laughs> we just let him cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. Um, cause that's not what we were doing at all. So right. I think, yeah, just getting more information helped me shut out the opinions of like, sleep training is the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. I would say definitely like my part, like having my husband be on board was super helpful just because when he was crying and I was at the point where I was like, he's, you know, we've gone to check on him. Obviously we've done the five minute um, checks and he's, you know, still just struggling because he's still learning. You know, he would help to reassure me and be like, you're doing great. You're doing great. Just, just mute the baby monitor and just watch the little volume, like lights on the side and try to like eat your lunch and just relax. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so having that was super helpful. Yeah. Would you say that because of, of all that, like the, the being worried about telling people about it because of what they might think, did you feel alone in that process or like what? how did you feel and you know going through um, that because I know in general like especially as a stay-at-home mom sometimes it can feel like you know you're in it alone and you're the only one going through it or mm -hmm. yeah I think that 
by that point when we were actually letting him cry or we had like thought about going that route, um, you were already on board and had kind of like started to share with me like what that process might look like. Again, you can still check on him. Um, and you would ask me in the middle of it, like, I remember texting him being like, he's still crying. Like, oh, <laughs> you're like, well, if you feel like you need to check on him, like, go for it. Um, and so like just having options or having you say like, how does this feel to you? Like, does this still feel comfortable? Does this method still work? And kind of checking in after we had given it a week to see how he was doing and sort of like making adjustments accordingly. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that I had already had you on board. So I didn't feel as isolated just to answer your question as I think I would have if I didn't have a sleep consultant. I was just trying to do it on my own um, because I felt like, okay, she's got the certifications. She's got all of the information. She has been like really attentive to figuring out like what is going on with us and with our family. So I felt like because I had that, um, I had sort of like an expert in my back pocket that I could pull out when I was feeling unsure, to be honest. Um, and I'm not just saying that. <laughs> it was very comforting to know that I had that because before that, it was just all me. And that was more isolating and scary. And I think that if I continued to work alone, I may not have gotten him to the point where he was having good sleep because the method that really, the only method that worked for him was for him to just cry for a little while and try to figure it out. And I don't know that I could have stuck with it um, without that like reassurance, that, like this is something that is working, like he's showing progress. Um, you know, he's connecting, he's starting to connect sleep cycles. Like he started to connect sleep cycles fairly quickly after we started that method. So it was obvious that it was starting to help him. So I think that as soon as I started to see even just like a glimmer of him starting to do better and also knowing that it could take a month and that like he wasn't, it wasn't just going to click right away, like helped me figure out like, okay, I'm not alone. I just have to keep doing this. And then if he still isn't making any progress, like we'll regroup. But I think having that helped me when I was getting unsolicited advice, <laughs> um, when other people would see that he was, you know, crying a lot. Um, and I kind of had to stick up for myself a little bit and say like, no, like this is the method that we're doing and start to explain. And I think I found my confidence because I had your support and because my husband was so supportive. And I think eventually I was able to kind of say like, that's great that you don't like it um, or that you don't think it's the right choice for you. That's cool. Uh, that's what we're doing. And he's actually doing much better with his sleep. And it's hard, I think too, to explain it to someone who either has a child who sleeps great or um, just maybe they don't need as much sleep as I do because I really value my sleep <laughs> and like my ability to get things done. And so like, I just, I know not everyone is in that boat and maybe wouldn't, you know, understand necessarily unless you're in it and you have that lack of sleep and you are struggling to be able to even just take a shower and, you know, you know what the day-to-day -day struggle looks like. And maybe that person who's giving you advice doesn't actually know what the lack of sleep is doing to you and your relationships and your family and all the things that we initially talked about. And so for that reason, I felt like even if I'm the only one I know doing this, it's worth it because it's going to, in the end, give us the ability to just like have a predictable schedule. It's going to teach him how to sleep. He'll be happier and be able to like learn the things that he needs to learn. So yes, it was isolating, but it wasn't as isolating as it was before I worked with you that was really really hard if I'm being honest <laughs> yeah yeah no it's one of one of my favorite things to hear from parents like 
it's always reassuring that like I'm doing this for the right reasons and that like, you know, I just love what I do. Hearing you say that you felt more confident in yourself and that you were able to speak up and that just like, that gets me right in the heart, you know, like I just, I love hearing that because when I first started this, it was about, it was more about the children than it was about the whole family and parents. But then I realized as I started doing it, like this is life-changing, especially for moms it's life-changing for the whole family, but it affects more than just the child. It affects you, you know, your mental health, it affects your relationships. There's just so much more to it when you're not getting the sleep that you need and in the end result of sleep training or just helping your child in general, get better rest if they're not. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And I also will just share, um, and I don't mind if you include this, but I will just share that I definitely had some postpartum anxiety as well. And so that's, being able to have, you know, your support and my husband's support while I was trying to get him back on track did wonders for my mental health in terms of being able to carve out some time to, you know, just relax a little bit and try to like decompress from the day. Like just having that little bit of time, you know, was just getting that time back was so helpful and helped me. Yeah. Not just build my confidence, but just be just a better mom in general. So Mm -hmm. it was really great. So after, after the process of sleep training, so we're kind of in this topic, how did it affect, we'll first talk, touch on Nolan, like how did it affect Nolan? And then we'll dive in a little bit more to like how it affected you and your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as far as Nolan, I would say I have this one picture that I took, um, while we were sleep training of him and it's just like burned into my memory like what was going on around that picture but it's him and he's doing his tummy time and he's just got like the biggest smile on his face and he was just like playing with his toys and so so happy and we'd had the best day and I just remember like snapping that picture and it was right before my husband was to come home from work and I still go back and look at that picture because I remember my husband walked in and was like how was your day? Cause like leading up to that, he would say, how was your day? And I was like, he didn't sleep. He did like, it was just so hard. And usually that was my response of like, my day was really hard. And we had been sleep training, I think for about a week when I took that picture. And I was like, he was happy for the first time, <laughs> like all day. He was so happy, like all day long. And he connected a sleep cycle. And I was like, so excited about that. And I was like, he's doing tummy time and he's not screaming. Like he's so content and happy right now. Like come play with him. I remember he came in the door from work and like got down on the floor with us, like in his work clothes. And we were just like playing with him and enjoying like all this like time that we had with him that we just didn't even know that we were missing because he was just, we just weren't sure if that was just how he was or if that could be fixed um, with sleep. And he was, I just remember he was so happy. Um, And yeah, I just, I have that picture framed because I was like, this is when I like started to see his personality come out and all of those things that like, I still see in him now as like a two plus year old, (laughs) he, you know, started to develop back then. And so that was really amazing just to see him feel happier and be happier. And I don't think that there's anything more that you can really ask for um, as a parent. So that was really great. I love that story. I never heard that before. Yeah. (laughs) And then how did it affect you? And we kind of touched on it, but is there anything else to add to that? Um, yeah, I would just say confidence and the ability to think a little more clearly because you're not just like sleep is the only thing I have time to think about. Um, I think having a predictable schedule allowed us to like, we started once he started to sleep a little bit more and got he's still, I mean, he was still struggling because we were only a couple weeks in, but 
we knew like, you know, where that line was, how often we wanted to check on him about when he usually just like finally fell asleep after struggling. Like he would only struggle for so long and then he would go sleep and we knew it was coming. So just like the decreasing anxiety allowed us to cook a dinner and eat it while it was still hot and not have a baby directly under my chin while I was trying to eat. And I remember getting to finally just sit down and like, okay, like what are, how is work going? Like, what do you have going on? And like getting to talk with each other about like things other than just like our day was hard and like, what time are you coming home to come help me? Um, so we started with just like, yeah, being able to have our evenings to ourselves, but then that then involved um, me being able to like have phone calls with family and catch up with them or just, you know, go back to like checking in with, okay, how is everyone else in my life doing? And um, can we leave the house? Like, what are the best times to leave the house and make sure that like, we've got a happy baby with us. And, you know, that kind of stuff was just really nice to slowly be able to get back to like, okay, like we can do this. And we ended up when he was, I think he was five or six months old. So not long after we had started sleep training, we took a road trip all the way to Florida because we just felt like we were in such a good spot with his sleep. Like he had really gotten the hang of it. I think he'd been doing it for, yeah, like about six weeks or so at that point. We got to see like all of our, my immediate family, plus like our extended family and Nolan got to meet like cousins and my cousins and their kids and all kinds of stuff. And it was just really cool to have him get to like make that trip and he got to swim in a pool for the first time and like just being able to like see family and like actually enjoy interacting with them and not be so worried about the fact that he was crying or he you know might not have a good day and therefore we wouldn't be able to like do what we thought we were going to be able to do that day um so that ended up being like the best trip um with him and I know that like our family really enjoyed it too and I'm assuming like when you went on vacation you had a better idea than to like help help him with sleep while he was on vacation so that yes. you could enjoy that time. Yes. I remember talking to you. Um, cause I knew that trip was coming up before we, we did like our, um, last phone call after we had started to training. And I remember saying like, we're about to travel. What should we do? <laughs> you were like, get these. Um, it's like the, the foil blankets that runners use to wrap around them. Like get those for the windows and like all that kind of stuff. So I like prepped my mom before we got to her house. I was like, okay, we need the room to be dark. Do you have like a well-ventilated closet he could sleep in? Like, what is the situation? Cause she had like a relatively small place at that point. So we had to get a little bit creative in terms of like where he slept and where we were sleeping. And um, I think at that point, like it was so much easier for me to just communicate. And I felt so much more confident being like, this is what we need as far as like sleep goes before we get there. And I remember like we got there pretty close to his bedtime and my mom was like, right, we're ready. Let's get the suitcases in, let's get the pack and play up. Like, um, so it was good for me to be able to communicate to her like what we were going to need as soon as we got there so that it wasn't like a shock when I was like he's going straight down for bed but you can hang out with him tomorrow like it's gonna be yeah. great we're here for a week um so that was really helpful to just like already have a space that we knew would work for him and to have like my mom already kind of have expectations going in about like what was the, what the in initial interaction was going to be and like she was great about it so that was helpful that's awesome yeah, I love it when other people are able to like help out as well in, in our understanding of your situation. Yeah, so it's, I'm glad it's you guys helpful. could enjoy that vacation. Yeah. With, with the sleep training experience, do you recall like what kind of changes did you have to make in order to help Nolan with his sleep? 
Yeah, so we, um, because we had done like some research beforehand, we tried to create a good sleep environment, but there were definitely some things that we were missing. Um, so we had the room like dark-ish, um, but I remember you saying like dark or like black. <laughs> I was like, um, there's definitely still some light like leaking through and we do and still have to get creative. Like we moved to a new house since we've worked with you and we um, had to get creative on in terms of like what kind of blackout curtain situation we wanted to do because I knew like it needs to be as dark as possible because that did help a lot. Um, he started to connect his sleep cycles and things a lot faster when it was really, really dark, which can be hard. I think in our old house, because like I said, our house was built in 1948. So in that house, the windows were just like a little bit odd. And I remember having to tape like put some painter's tape on like the blackout curtains to keep them closed, um, but it worked. So what I was like, at this point, whatever works, our house is gonna look a little weird anyway because we have a small child. So like, what's a little painter's tape on a blackout curtain? Um, so we did that until we could figure out something that worked a little bit better. And then we had, we still had his mobile hanging above his crib and we took that down because basically like what we didn't think about is the fact that like as soon as he can pull himself up like that's a toy and he's gonna play with it and be super distracted and not sleep because that's just like stuffed animals hanging over his crib so we took that down um and then like probably would not have even put it on my registry had I known like because he yeah I mean it was like soothing and it played music and things but I think as far as sleep goes there are other ways to do that so we took that down and then we also changed his schedule. Um, so we were putting him, I think, to bed still fairly late for him. Um, so he actually ended up needing an earlier bedtime than what we were doing. I think we were doing like 7.30 or something like that after we had like done all the research and tried to change his schedule. And he actually needed to go to bed at like 6.45 or something like that. I've got a question for you because this is common for people. When I told you about giving him an earlier bedtime and like the schedule adjustment. Did you think I was crazy? Yes. Yes. Every, okay. Yes. I just want to point that out people. It sounds crazy. I'm not going to lie. I was like, you want me to put him to bed at what time? As always, that's always one of the, the biggest hurdles to get over with clients is like, please trust me, the schedule, the time they go to bed, it's going to sound crazy, but it matters it matters. Right. I was like, isn't he just going to wake up really early if we do that? I remember thinking that. And I also remember there was one time where we got tripped up because he, for his cat nap, fell asleep for, I don't know if everyone knows what a cat nap is, but basically that's the nap that is like much shorter and it happens like not right before bedtime, but like a few hours before bedtime. And, um, it's just to like make that stretch from the afternoon nap to bedtime. And he fell asleep kind of late for that nap and still asleep past five o'clock. And you were like, just leave him. He's down for the night. And I was like, what do you mean? He's down for the night. <laughs> You're like, just let him sleep. He, he fell asleep late. It's past five o'clock. Just let him sleep. And he slept great. But I remember thinking like, isn't that a little early, but he was so tired and he needed it. And he just like slept all the way through and it didn't really have a negative effect on his like morning wake up time or anything. And so I remember being like, okay, Megan, like I'll let him sleep, but are you sure? <laughs> I'll let him um, sleep, but I doubt it's going to work. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work, but I'll do what you say. You haven't led me wrong so far. And so, yeah, I remember thinking like this early bedtime is crazy, but even now when I, his sleep starts to get thrown off, I still will revert back to, does he need an earlier bedtime? Um, but yeah, we definitely changed bedtime. And I also started to um, 
not like put a cap on his naps basically. Um, so before I was sort of like, well, if he's still asleep, he must need the sleep. I'm just going to let him sleep or like wake him up if I absolutely have to. And the schedule that we were on, he was definitely sleeping too much for him. Um, so that schedule that we created from the app and from the research and stuff that we were doing, it definitely worked for some babies. It just didn't work for him. Um, I think we were putting him down at the wrong times and even like putting them down 15 minutes later can make a huge difference or 15 minutes earlier, depending on what it is that they need. Like that sounds like a very insignificant amount of time, but it made a huge difference for him in terms of how long he would sleep. So just making sure we figured out what that timing was. And then also that he wasn't sleeping for too long because then he wouldn't sleep at night. Um, so we definitely started putting caps on naps and figuring out like what the best time. So I think we put him down for his morning nap, um, like nine, somewhere around there. And for his afternoon nap around like noonish. And um, I think maybe noon or 1230. And eventually like we shifted those times even after we worked with you based on what we thought that he needed. And if he slept well, then we were like, okay, that's the new time. <laughs> Um, and so we made that change for sure. And then also just getting to talk with you. So I was still nursing when um, we started working together. So talking about when the feedings should happen, especially at night was really helpful because he would always get up and cry around like midnight. And I was like, we just sort of like, I don't know that he is waking up because he's hungry. I think he might just be just kind of like aware and like he's waking up around that time for some reason. Then he would wake up again at like three. And so I remember we had sort of figured out, I don't remember exactly why, but we figured out that basically at that 12 mark, like give him some time to try to fall back asleep. And then when he wakes up at like two, like one or two or um, after midnight, basically go ahead and just get him up and feed him. And that worked really well because we basically were able to still feed him at night get him the nutrition that he needed. Obviously we were working with our pediatrician too, to make sure like he had the proper weight and that that amount of feedings worked for him and things like that. Um, but he was definitely a healthy boy. <laughs> he was eating enough and doing all of that, that one feeding a night at that point was what he needed. And eventually he stopped waking at that um, earlier time. And he would just sort of like, he would still like wrestle around and like wake up a little bit, but he would pretty much just put himself back to sleep and then wake up when he was really hungry. And that was usually after midnight and we would go ahead and feed him at that point. Um, and also just when to feed him around naps and stuff, because the schedule that I was on was like really <laughs> hard for me to maintain. It was like double feed them right before a nap and like do this. And like, it was just a lot of like feed, 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 feed. And I was like, I just feel like he doesn't need this many feedings. Like This is a lot of like feedings for him. And um, he really didn't need that many. And so just being able to like use some of my intuition, but also just like when are good times to feed them before naps. Um, or before bed or things like that um, was super helpful just to like be able to work into the schedule. So we definitely like switched that up a little bit. And when we gave them solids, because we had just started giving him solids, I think when we started working with you. So I remember saying like, we're going to start solids like the same week we're working with you. Um, so we were able to work that into the schedule too. And that was really helpful. Um, and I basically just have modified that schedule as he started to grow. And he's still sort of doing some of the same things that he was doing back then. So yeah, it's been super helpful even now. Uh, would you say that you're always like sleep it's always evolving so like you're constantly adjusting things but it's like you have a better idea of what to adjust when to adjust it yeah I'm not yeah. always 100% sure what will help but I at least have like two or three things that I know I can try right. and that's really really helpful um and even just things like we have like a large dog and I remember saying like 
he has the noise machines in his room, but the dog is going up wooden stairs like constantly and she's 75 pounds and not the quietest thing in the world. So I don't, and we can't really increase the volume in his room. What should we do? And so I think you had the advice of putting a sound machine like in the hallway. <laughs> That's like not in his room. It's not adding volume for him, but it's going to like drown out the giant dog running up the stairs. <laughs> so that really helped too. <laughs> Uh, so making changes like that and then yeah I know that I always have two or three options and then being part of the Facebook group if I've tried the things that I know and it's not working and it's a quick question I can just say like hey here's the basic issue what has anybody else dealt with this or like you'll jump on to and answer questions like that's been really helpful just to not necessarily need a whole week of support but for me to just say I've tried the things that I could think of anything else like should I be trying anything else and usually that will help and uh, by the way, for anyone listening, the Facebook group she's referring to is uh, the Stork Village membership Facebook group. So for anyone who works with me, they have the option to um, join the Stork Village membership. It's exclusive for past clients because everyone in the group values sleep. We know that everyone has been through some kind of background with me and they have the education in order to support one another. So uh, we started that last year and Alyssa was one of my first members. So. It's been exciting. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> um, so like when we moved houses, his sleep just sort of like at night specifically, he was not having it. And for naps, like he would wake again after one sleep cycle. And I was like, oh no, what is How going old on? was he? I'm, How old was he when you guys and, moved? And um, I remember reaching out. He was, he was about a year and a half. Okay, yeah. So about a year and a half when we moved and um, I remember reaching out to the Facebook group and just being like, we just moved, his naps are falling apart. He doesn't, like he's waking up and telling us he's scared at night. Like, what do we do that won't disturb his ability to sleep? Like, I obviously need to help him out. And I think I got the advice to just like, try to keep it casual, but also like tell him you'll come back and check on him until he falls asleep. So just, I think him knowing that he was in his crib, but that mom would be back to like peek in the door every, you know, five minutes or so, um, helped him so much. And eventually like within about a week, he was back to just like, this is my new room. I guess I'll just sleep in here and everything's good. <laughs> so that was really good to see. Uh, is there anything else about the Facebook group or the, the Stork Village membership specifically that has helped you that you recall? Um, I think just going back to that sort of like feeling isolated, Thing, topic that we were talking about earlier. I think just knowing that I have that if I need it is so comforting, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that I also having, you know, worked with his sleep since he was four, five months old, I know that there are still sleep hurdles to come. And I know that I'm going to continue to want that support as I move through that. And so like being able to have access to ask you questions, whether it's um, you know, when you have office hours or just hopping on the Facebook group to like ask other moms as well as you what they've done for those types of things. We just started potty training. So being able to talk to other moms who are going through that. I know there's another mom specifically who's like one step ahead of me as far as that goes. So I'm interested to see how that process goes for her. So just like knowing that there's somewhere I can go when I need that support or when I am feeling unsure, it just makes me feel less alone and also um, more confident in my ability to navigate those things. Um, so anytime I'm able to, to have that, I think is like a huge plus. And um, I think it's just been helpful even for really small questions. Like 
I need an extra large sleep sack. Where do I get them? Ready, go. <laughs> and I always get answers. So that's been probably a huge blessing just to be able to have like somewhere I know I can go. Yeah. I wish I had done it sooner. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So it's all. <laughs> what did you learn through sleep training? Like about sleep uh, for chat or for Nolan, for yourself as an individual or as a parent, anything in particular, you know, other than the process of sleep training, obviously, like what, what exactly, what did you take away from that? Just being cognizant of sort of like always keeping an, an one eye on like what time it is, um, is super helpful. Like how they have to learn to like fall asleep, especially if they are struggling and every kid is different, whether it's learning to walk or any other skill that they learn, some kids will take to sleep maybe easier and um, some will struggle and our son struggled as far as like trying to figure out how to learn to sleep. So I think just being aware that like, yeah, he just, he has his own individual needs and he's going to, you know, you just kind of have to listen to him. I think that was like the first skill I ever really taught him. Um, and I think that was like huge to just figure out like how you teach them new skills. <laughs> um, I also think that the biggest takeaway, honestly, for me, as far as like sleep training and what came out of it was once he had the hang of it, if his sleep got interrupted, I knew that it was for a reason. So it was either because his naps or something else needed adjusted that also had to do with sleep, or it was that he was sick or he had teeth coming in, or it was because there's some change that we've made in our lives that has just maybe he's not sure about, or he's feeling anxious about, or he's going through a developmental leap. Um, and there are other things that are about to happen. Like he's going to start talking, or he's going to start walking, or he's going to start doing those kinds of things. So I think having a consistent, healthy sleeper helps in terms of figuring out those things a lot faster. And then you can intervene as needed for those things much faster than if they don't have great sleep anyway. I don't think I would have been able to pick up on those things as quickly. So for me, it was huge because I was like, oh, he only napped for like 50 minutes today. I wonder what's going on. Um, and if that happens for multiple days, then I pretty much know, okay, we've got to look at what's going on with him. So that's been so, so, so helpful. Um, and also just for me, like understanding, like some of those things you can apply just for yourself and, you know, making sure you don't have too much screen time before bed or whatever the case may be. But um, yeah, definitely as a mom, it's helped me to just like identify what he needs a little yeah. bit easier. Yeah, that's interesting. It, you know, talking with you and like other people, it's, I know how sleep training or sleep in general can help people, but it's always great to hear like your perspective because it adds little things. And I'm like, I didn't even think to ever mention that to people, you know, to help them understand <laughs> how beneficial it can be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not only is your kid now in a good mood, but if they aren't, it helps you figure out why. Yeah. 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 So what would you say to a parent who is on the fence about sleep training or hiring someone like me? I would say if you're, yeah, if you're sort of feeling alone and you're just kind of taking your best crack at trying to help them sleep, um, this will definitely give you the confidence and help you feel less alone. Um, but also it's definitely like tailored to you and to your family and to your child. And if you can, this is definitely like the quick, not quickest, but probably the best route that you can go just because it will help you quickly identify like what works best for your child it will get them on track um i would say like if you're not sure you're on the fence like 
take a look at the resources, listen to the podcast episodes, like make sure that you kind of give yourself the best shot at giving your child the best sleep, but also like just helping you as a parent feel like you know what it is that you want to do for them because consistency really is the most important thing. So whatever you need to do to feel like you can be consistent is the most important thing. So if you need someone to be there to say like, this, we're on track, like they're making, like these are small wins, but like this slight change in sleep that maybe you didn't notice is actually a sign that they're getting there, um, that they're learning, that they're gonna you know do a little bit better. Um, if you feel like you're jumping on like mom groups all the time to be like, what do I do? (laughs) Um, you might, you know, want to just think about reaching out to someone who has, you know, a certification and who is dedicating their time to this sort of thing, because I think that it's, you know, sort of invaluable once you have the information, because even if you only hire a sleep consultant once, like I know, especially with Megan, like she gave me not only like the steps I needed to help with sleep at that particular stage in my son's life, but also what to expect in the future as far as sleep goes. And that really helped me because not only did I learn how sleep work, how sleep was working for my son, but I also learned that in the future there were still going to be hurdles, but that there were definitely ways that I could help him through that. And just knowing that I could help him through that was huge. Um, so yeah, just information and having someone to support you if that's what you think you need then definitely <laughs> go this route i tried a lot of other routes and they didn't really work for me maybe they'll work for you but i found that having yeah that consistent support um, and someone to teach me was just the best thing i've ever done i think as a mom thank you <laughs> anything else you would say to a parent who is expecting wanting to be proactive with sleep and or struggling with their little one's sleep I remember when I was expecting I was so excited to sign up for like all of the classes <laughs> I took every class I think that they offered at the hospital that was near us um and at the time it was in-person classes but um now there's so many different online classes and things that you can take and I remember sleep was just not one of the things so I took a class called um like happiest baby on the block or something like that. And it came with like all of these methods that you could use to like calm your baby. I took a nursing class. I took a labor class. I took every class, CPR, first aid, all those classes. And I think that this like learning about sleep is just as important as all of those other classes. Um, But for some reason, like it just was not on my radar at all to do that. So I would say if you are expecting to just work this in with all of the other things that you're trying to learn how to do, um, like calm your baby down, like how nursing actually works, um, all of those things that are going to help you once they're here, have, you know, a better idea of what to expect, because I think it just blows your mind. And it's like the most world changing thing that can happen to you. And I think just as a new parent, there's so much that changes, um, that the more information you can have going in, the more confident you'll be, you'll still need help and support. But I think that, yeah, this is learning about sleep is just as important as all of those other classes and things that you're going to take to prepare for your little one. So um, I wish that I would have done it sooner, um, but I'm glad that I know now. Alyssa, thank you so much. Um, This has been such a pleasure. Is there anything else that you want to say before we go? 
Um, just thanks for having me. And this was really great to be able to share, um, you know, my experience with other moms. I know I love sharing it with the friends that I have that are new moms. And um, I know that your resources and stuff have helped them. So um, just excited to share it and yeah, just answer questions for any other moms who might be in the same boat. Thanks, Alyssa. Cool. You're welcome. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye. That was the Stork Story series with Alyssa King, all about her son, Nolan. If you are someone struggling with your child's sleep, wanting to make a change, or you are someone who wants to be proactive with your child's sleep, whether you are expecting, have a newborn, or are about to go through some kind of sleep transition, check out what working with someone like me entails. You can get a copy of my document, What Does Working with a Child Sleep Consultant Entail? at afterthestorksleep.com forward slash what is entailed. A link will also be included in the show notes. And if you are a past client of mine and you're willing to join me on the podcast to share your stork story, then shoot me an email or a text and we will schedule a time for an interview. You know how to reach me.